0: What up? What up?
1: What up? San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the shot City, people down the whole three hundred five South Florida region. You are tuning here to the Thursday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mister Sand spinning the one and twos. Your number is 1-800-707-9760 to participate. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Make sure you continue to visit their website and check out all their latest new products that they have as well, too. You can shop for the comforts of your own home. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. Tiger Sanitation is a great company to work for. They do a lot of things for the community and surrounding communities as well, too. If you're looking for a job, like I said, they're always hiring. That is Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the sports crime. 1-800-707-9760 if you know what you want to talk about. Like always, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we were discussing yesterday, if you didn't have an opportunity to call or you couldn't get through, you can parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to feel free uh, to give your opinion on, you can call. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and segments and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, don't forget if you need to follow me on Twitter or reach out to me Twitter, it's at Sports Grind. All Also, um, if you want to participate when we stream the show live, don't forget you can go to the Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment. Uh, We'll go ahead and stream the show live. You can leave comments if they're appropriate or they make sense. I'll get to them as we see them, as I see them. Um, And also don't forget to go to sportsgrindonline.com on the website where you can check out the daily podcast that's downloaded every day as well too. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Jonas? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Mr.
2: Sams. What's up, fellas? How we doing?
1: It's all right, man. Doing all right. It's Thursday. Moving along during the week. A few more days away for the big game. Uh, And the Super Bowl. Definitely a touch on that a little bit today. Uh, Got my thoughts on what this potentially could mean for Matthew Stafford. We'll talk about that. But... We got a lot of things shaking today in the nba world as we're coming down to the trade deadline that's probably now as we speak or just pretty much passed but there's a lot of activity um the big headliner of course is the big one out of brooklyn and philly all right with james harden uh going to the 76ers and the 76ers sending disgruntled ben simmons okay to brooklyn um there's some other pieces involved in this. Um, you know, I me personally, I think that I think both teams did pretty good on this trade. Now, on Brooklyn's side, I still think it all comes down to what the deal is with Kyrie. Because Ben Simmons is not going to be asked to really he the 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 offensive load of what they were wanting him to you know, carry along with Embiid and taking some pressure off Embiid. He doesn't really have that pressure in Brooklyn the way the team is instructed, constructed. Excuse me. And not only that, he does come in and help a Brooklyn team that's still suspect on the defensive end. All right, that that's that's kind of an advantage, I, I believe. And that who else was the piece that they went that they sent to 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 Brooklyn as well?
0: So going to Brooklyn is going to be – Seth Curry is another piece of that. Yes.
1: Yeah, okay, there you go. Um,
0: Andre Drummond, Yep. 2022 unprotected first-round pick and a 2027 uh, protected first-round pick. I I think Seth Curry – You also have going to Philadelphia, Paul Millsap.
1: Seth Seth Curry, okay, Um, and Drummond. Well, first of all, Drummond's going to give them uh, some presence, better presence in the middle and on the glass and on the boards, Okay uh Brooklyn's really been struggling with KD out of the lineup of course we know the situation with Kyrie that's why I say it still comes down to him but um you know with Seth Curry another scorer, uh another guy that can shoot the three he's not his brother but he can still create his own shot off the dribble so I really do think both teams look good in this now especially now you get James Harden I said this on Monday well, I actually said this after Brian Winhurst actually made it, you know, legit that there was talks going on. Look, James Harden wouldn't um, be, and with Doc Rivers running the ship, and the key to this to me and all of this, no matter who moved, if that Philly could stay pat with Maxie and not give him up. Because, and they didn't. And they said he was untouchable, which they proved that he wasn't going to be part of the deal. Because I know from what I've heard, I know that uh, Brooklyn was really trying to get him a part of this. That would have been that, but I I agree with Philly not letting him go. So if you put him, and now you get James Harden over there with Embiid, and like I said, this is one of the top two teams, three teams in the East without Simmons, without getting Harden. Um, you know, and again, Daryl Murray finds his way. I don't know what it is. I guess he's got a man crush on James, man, because he did whatever he could to get him down in H Town. He gets this job up in Philly, and the next thing you know, he's been working it probably since this whole situation is defining a way to get him to Philly. So James Harden, Harden wanted gets that it. too. He wanted it too, but he wasn't to the point to where he was with Houston saying, get me out of here unless I'm going to keep going through Whataburger or number sevens. Okay. <laughs> number no, no, wait a minute. Number twos of the doubles. I think I should know that. But anyway, yeah, so that that to me, it's not a clear winner overall. I think they both look good, but on Brooklyn's side, it still comes down. It's not really about Ben Simmons. I mean, he's the piece of this, and I hope Ben has a chip on the show. Because let me tell you, the, the, in Philly, especially some of uh, you know some of the diehard fans, especially some of the guys in the, the hip hop community, the Philly guys. I've already seen it on my Instagram social media. They're 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 ready to get his ass up out of there. Because again, there's not too many athletes. You got to have a tough skin in Philly if you're going to be the dude on any one of those teams that includes the Philadelphia Flyers, that includes the Eagles, that includes the Sixers, uh that's just that includes the Phillies, you got to have if you're the guy. Like you got the role players with but if you're supposed to be the man and you got thin skin, they want your ass out of there. And that's what they labeled Ben Simmons. But I just hope Ben Simmons never was high on him coming out of LSU. Okay? Um you know, it was a, it was a red flag to me when he couldn't get a team at LSU, as good as he was on SI Sports Illustrated, the next one coming, if you can get that team to qualify for the tournament. And everybody named Mama, including Sister Jean, gets a, a bid to March Madness. So, but I hope Ben Simmons takes it on himself, uh personal to really work on his game and add the offensive side and add the confidence in the shooting. Cause whatever he did with his brother as a shooting coach. It, it hadn't really panned out in the last couple of years. But I think both teams kind of did, you know, okay. But it still falls down to Kyrie Irving. Your San Antonio Spurs, probably more active than I've seen them in the last 20 years on the, in a trade deadline. And it doesn't really matter whether it's sexy names or whatever, just dumping guys or adding guys, you know. But, you know, to pull off what? In this week, they pulled off a total of what, three, four trades this week? This would be three. Three,
0: yeah, you have the uh, Satoransky trade the other day, a trade, uh, the the Thaddeus Young trade today, and then Derek White, and then of course this is the that they've done four trades when you factor in the Bryn Forbes deal.
1: Okay, now let's look at this. Okay, for this part now, because honestly, I, this is this is the type of stuff that I can see if they're going under it. I like because if you look at it according to these moves, Derek White. Um, I thought me personally, I mean, I thought it was a thin line that his, you know, he really had been. Underachieving a little bit based off the time he got paid. I know he struggled with some injuries over the last couple of years in and out the lineup. But when you talk about now as a franchise, they will be a lottery team and they will have a first round pick. And with these other trades, such as acquiring Drogic, uh, you know, which a report say they might buy him out, they're probably going to buy him out. But if you look at these other trades that in Boston, you know, Derek White to Boston, they've acquired two more first round picks. And it's your drive. So that's a total of three first round picks. Now, Jonas, you and I, you talked about this a little bit. You had texted me. You you feel that it's possible that if they don't, if the if the ping pong ball doesn't fall their way, because let me tell you something. Other before we even get to that, this also lets me know whether they want to say it or whatever, the full tank is on. The tank seems right. like like we're at the halfway mark, we're at the rodeo road trip. Oh and one, by the way, to Cleveland. Like I can tell you, that's why I brought this up yesterday. Follow along in class, people. Oh and one for the rodeo. But this is whether they say it or not, this is the first, we're at the halfway mark, and this is like, you know what? Call it a day. You know, call it a day. And that's what it is. And I don't really have a problem with this because this is how you get out of no man's land that I've been preaching and, and, and crying about on these airways for the last few years. No man's land. So tip my hat to him. But the thing with this is, though, so you have a th- going back to Jonas, you have a theory that's saying that, OK, they're going to be a lottery team. So you have their first round pick and then you have two other picks that they've acquired that are first rounders. So therefore, it's a possibility if you don't look up and get that number one pick and number two, you think possibly there's a chance that you package this together and you move up to that number one pick.
0: Yeah, this is almost like an insurance plan now. In case, like you said, in case the the ping pong balls don't fall your way, you now have the Celtics first round pick. Um, that's going to be protected uh, at one through four, and then you've got the Raptors first round pick this year from the Thaddeus Young deal, and that's going to be protected one through fourteen. And you've got your own. So if you, when you've got look at the roster and you've got Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson. Lonnie Walker, Trey Jones, uh Landale, Collins is coming into his own, coming back from injury. When you look at Devin Vassell, when you look at these young pieces that they've spent the last couple of drafts acquiring, and everybody's saying, well, we really just need the one transcendent talent. We need to have the top overall pick to go ahead and add to this young mix. Well, now you've got three first round picks, including your own, that's probably going
1: to be within the top seven that you could trade to move up to number one. Well, I I like the sound of that. Now, whether they're really going to look at doing that. I mean, because to me, I think that if you have an opportunity, and and again, um, they've had a history. uh, While Pop's been in the building, R.C. Buford, I know, uh, what's his name, Brian? Brian Wright. Brian Wright, he's the guy that's at the helm with the title of GM. Okay, but trust me. Pop is still and RC. I mean, I know RC left to handle some business up top, but they still shadow. When I used to work at Carlson, I used to call it shadow monitoring. <laughs> Pop and RC, they still shadow monitoring this to Brian. I, I'm sorry, that's what I believe and I know. So these two guys together has had a history of finding those guys late and around. You know, the monotony. It's been a while, but they've had a history. So what? What I mean by that is, if that, I don't know. Like I said, I understand they've got some young talent you know, in regards to on this roster still, a lot of key of this is DeJounte Murray. He broke the mold with the All-Star. No matter how he made it, he's an All-Star. But I feel that if you've got three first-rounders, because, again, in the draft, there's a couple guys that I'm hearing about college, and I told y'all Spurs fans at the beginning of the season, start paying attention to college basketball this year and get ready to pay attention to March Madness because this is the time that your Spurs are going to be looking at some of these guys where we're at in the state of this franchise. But I think that where they're at, even though what you got DeJounte Murray you might do better of just standing three quality first-round type of caliber players to pick from to add an S. Maybe, unless there's a guy that emerges true number one. Now, I know I forgot his name, but I know it's a kid in Gonzaga. Chet Holmgren. It, yeah, you know, he's a little bit too thin for me. I don't know. Got, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to see in the tournament. Maybe this is the year Gonzaga finally gets over the hump. You know, they had the heart broken last year against Johnny Zuzang and UCLA. But I don't know. I mean, I like your theory. But there's also a possibility cause because the truth of it is in this particular draft, anybody can blossom, but there's not there's not a there's not a Tim Duncan in this draft. There's not a there's not a Katie, there's not a LeBron. There there's not I don't think that there's a bona fide like when I say that I'm talking about franchise changing, like without a doubt, doesn't mean that none of these guys can emerge to that, but there's not it, you know, it's not really up there getting there yet. Now, you know, we've got about a good solid month and a half left of the college basketball season, so that can kind of change. But I just think that, yes, if you've got a guy that you think that is a game changer, I'm talking about a franchise changer, and I'm telling you, this organization, from Dave to Tim, has really been built through the draft and with the number one overall pick. So unless you've got that guy that you really think is a game changer, I would look at it, if I have a lot of confidence in where where, where Pop and RC and Brian Wright, you might find two, or, if no guy overwhelms you, you can find two or three lottery pick dudes to come in here. Because I still, that, I mean, why, why are you giving me the gas face on that? Because you're, you're likely not
0: going to be get, picking three lottery pick guys. I mean, the Celtics aren't going to end up in the bottom 14. The only re- what you end up with the Raptors pick is that they don't end up in the bottom 14. So it's just this just reminds me of the 2019 draft where you draft Luka Doncic at 19 overall, and then you draft Keldon Johnson at 29 overall, and and even then you could have looked at okay, well, do we do we? It's, it's quantity, it's quality over quantity. That's where this team needs to be right now because the young the window on Dejounte Murray is going to be. You've got to capitalize on him now before he becomes a point where you're looking at selling on him high. And trying to get assets back, and if you're trading Dejounte Murray for assets, then you're restarting the process again. Okay. And you've got Devin Vassell for a little while, and and, and so you've got to hit on the, this team while it's young. And if it's just everybody's, all I've heard for the last three seasons is we need to end up in the top of the draft. We need to end up in the top of the draft. That's that's the San Antonio Spurs thing. So if you need, if, if you've been saying we need to end up in the top of the draft. You now have the arsenal to make that happen. You don't get to pick your draft class as to when you – unless you're going to absolute flat-out tank. But the Spurs already started this process. I've heard it all year. The Spurs need to go for the number one overall pick this year,
1: knowing what this class already looked like back then. Okay, but the fans fans wanting that, media guy, local media guy wanting that, is not always the same that matches up the way these guys operate. I'm just telling you – that they, I get what you're saying. And I'm not saying I'm not opposed to them doing that at that, but you've got, I'm saying to do that, you really got to make sure. Because, first of all, the course they're on, they're probably, like you said, I would give it that they're going to probably be picking in the top four. I think five is the way they're rec- – this is a team – and let me tell you something, did the uh, Yaka go? Did we move him? Because that was rumored. Did, did they- no report has come down that Yaka has moved, been moved
0: yet. Okay. The Hornets were interested, and it would have involved another first round. Okay, pick. the reason why I'm asking him, because there's no really big man on this team left. You have Zach Collins, Jock Landale, and Yaka Okay, three.
1: And the bottom line is the way the roster is structured right now, um, It's this last second half of the season, I think it's about to get ugly like Greg Oak. So, therefore, their chances are going to increase that I think that they're going to land in that top five. So, if you're already from your natural pick going to get top five and then you get these other two ones, and depending where they fall, as long as they fall in the first round, it, the, way these t- the way that Pop and RC is draft in the past, I mean, hell. I mean, even though he fell for his lap, I mean, he looks promising. Look where they where get Primo at. Uh, Twelve. Okay. I, I just feel that you've got – it's got to be that bona fide guy at one. To move up and and, and, and first of all like i've always said first round picks in the nba are not the same thing as the nfl we know that but i'm just saying not to shoot down your theory but i just feel it has to be that guy to move up because i don't think it's still uh, even with the guys left on this roster there could still be some improvement with other lottery young guys you don't have time
0: for improvement y'all wanted the first up pick go get the first round pick go get the first overall pick just get it done so we can move forward with this
1: Okay. Because it's old. It's old. Okay. All right. We'll get more into it uh, when we get back. There's some other things we got going on that we'll touch on the docket as well, too. Got some MLB news to talk about as well. Your number is 1-800-707-976. You listen to The Sports crime. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. all right back here on the sports grind calvin casey 1-800-707-9760 mr spin the one and twos this next segment is going to be sponsored by way to grow way to grow is a full service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs that is way to grow official sponsor of the sports grind all right so um so yeah so a lot of shaking and bacon on the nba front uh but it's going to be interesting to see what the uh what the spurs go doing forward? i just think this is this is that opportunity and and to me it's going to be interesting with you've got these young talented players and you're going to have three number ones it's going to influx of some new young guys the question i have it's i think it's a fair question to some people out there it's like is this the perfect time just to write the sl- uh, slate clean and start fresh and have a new voice You know, I mean, because at the end of the day, like it's one of those situations to where we don't know exactly how they're going to approach this 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 draft. And we really don't know who's going to what they're going to what need they're going to be trying to address. I mean, this is the same regime that has like went on a guard frenzy for like the last three years straight. So it's it's one of those that I like the moves. I like acquiring those picks. I like the flexibility of Jonas's theory comes to light that. Hey, man, they got enough arsenal to go ahead and move up to one. I'm down with that, too but it just comes to the time that we're here we're moving forward but the question is is like okay is is do, do we still have the right guy at helm in this, the way the NBA's right now, and in the message, and developing these guys. Because right now, in my opinion, the last three, four years, they they haven't, whether we've changed out this guy, brought in DeMar, let him go, at the end of the day, they haven't really showed an improvement. And there's other teams that's dealing with similar circumstances that are small markets or whatever, that pretty much you can see some type of improvement. You can see that, like, okay, well, this is that. I mean, that's just, that's my opinion, but we'll see. But other than that, um, what I didn't touch on, I didn't know, which I know walking in, And Przingis, Przingis got on the move from Dallas, shipped him out. He's going to he's going to Washington with the Wizards.
0: Yeah. So him and a future second round pick a year yet to be decided are going to Washington in exchange for Davis Bertons. Spurs fans would know that name. And
1: Spencer Dinwiddie going to Dallas. Well, um, you know, there was rumblings about Przingis in the offseason. Once the season ended, the deal between him and Luca, I don't think Przingis was never 100 percent happy. Um, in regards to playing second fiddle to, Prezing- I mean, to Luca, I don't know what you know what they promised Przingis when they acquired him. What it was going to do? I mean, keep in mind this is a guy that's dealt with some serious injuries uh, that really wasted the first few years, couple years of his career, and then Bart Cuban at that time uh, and Donnie up to the gang up there. They acquire him, but I think you know with Bertons, I like that. It gives him a shooter. It gives him another three point shooter. I mean, this is a team. That I've been talking about for the last week or so, uh, noticing that how good their defense is has been under Jason Kidd. Okay, they have he's installed an identity with them. You can see mass, You can see major improvement in just his first year defensively compared to Britt Carlisle. And Jason Kidd just got on the job this season, and you already see them improving defensively. Okay, read between read between the lines on that how you want to. But that's just that's just kind of what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So the NBA shaking up. Some other news uh, we've got going on um, in regards to baseball. You know, um, been meaning to try to bring this up on the docket this this week, but the Schuyler-Scaggs uh, case has gotten started. For people that don't know, remember a few years ago, Los Angeles Angel pitcher Mr. Skaggs um, was found dead in his hotel over an overdose. And I think it was the guy that's on trial. I think wasn't, he's like he's a trainer, right? Wasn't he a trainer for the? Yeah. Okay, trainer Eric, for the Angels. Eric K. Okay, Eric i um, I'm not dived deeply into this case, but I do think it's kind of interesting because who was named as a possible source that got scads these uh, these drugs and former Mets pitcher Matt Harvey. And you know Matt Harvey at the time I mean DeGrom they had a they had a staff at that time I mean they you call him Batman Matt Harvey um this is this is this is really interesting to me in regards to when you got former players that are you know, possibly accused of getting what was what was it? Fentanyl? What what was it? Fentanyl? Yeah, it was fentanyl. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's one of those cases in trial that I'll probably start paying a little bit more attention to. I mean, it's not getting big news right now because, again, you know, it's Super Bowl going on, it's baseball. They're going into a lockout or alleged they're in a lockout. Uh, but this is one of those cases that are um, interesting to me that I'll be start paying attention to more. Also, with baseball, Jason Giambi's younger brother uh passed away at the age, I think, of 47, former athletic A's um, player. Um, like I said, his brother was in the league for a while. Um, sad situation. I haven't heard what the cause of death is yet, but I think he's famous. If everybody looks – well, I know, Sam, I was wondering. They say he passed away at his par- at his family's home yesterday, but no details has come out. But, you know, one of the famous things for clips for him is, you know, that, that famous play at home plate with Derek Jeter – going and and having the backhand throw to get them out. Uh, But sad situation, passed away at 47. You know, I started getting nervous. When I started reading about people dying and they hit, they around my age, you know, 40, you know, you hear somebody pass away like, oh, they were 88. They were 90. Like, okay, you get a lot of deaths. And there's been a lot from guys like in their 40, 45, trust me. God, that stuff uh crossing my mind. But anyway, uh, thoughts of prayers out to him. But a sad situation, man. But uh, he's he's passed away. Um, also, boxing news. Before we dive into the um, NFL, Canelo, and I just wanted to see, since Jonas really covers boxing and he, he writes for different articles, and I know we have a boxing fan base, especially on this show. And he's been, and everybody knows how I feel about Canelo, but he's on the verge of, of a two-fight, $85 million deal, and on the back end, they've given us the possibilities of a part three of Triple G golfing. Who, who's, the, who's the first guy up part of this deal? Dimitri Bevel. Okay. Talk to me about him. Do you know too much about, do you know too much about him? Is this one of these? Because Triple G has somebody he's got to fight to before they schedule this part three. Right. Okay. So to me, is this one of those? I mean, how do we, because Canelo, the reason why I'm even bringing this up is because Canelo always, at least I know on this show for years, he's always got criticism for the fights he's taken. And I've never understood that because this is the guy that basically, when he still had milk on his tongue, fought one of the best fighters that we've seen in our lifetime in Floor Madeweather when he was just basically young. And at that time when he was being managed by Oscar De La Hoya – I always said, I was like, hey, at that age, if Oscar was at that age, Bob Arum never had his ass fighting guys on that level of a a Mayweather. So to me, ever since that fight, he's gone on, but he constantly gets the criticism of these fights that he takes. It's like it's never good enough. And part of me feels like maybe Canelo's just right now in that prime, in that era when he's untouchable. Where he doesn't, there's really no competition for that, but should we fault him for every fight that he takes? So that's why I'm asking the panel how we feel about this this, this matchup.
0: So what's interesting about the matchup, though, it, the, and, and the two-fight agreement is that it would involve two different titles at two different weights. All right, so so the b fight uh, would be on May 7th um, for the light heavyweight belt, which is held by B-Vol right now. 19-0, 11 KO's. Uh-huh. And then you're looking at the back half, you know that second half, that the the the, the peat against Triple G in September would be at 168, okay, to defend his title in, in Canelo. So that's where it's it's just interesting that he he, he would in a sense like you're starting out heavy. It's one thing to start heavy, then then go light, you know, by the by the back half of the year. But that's just. I mean because cuz we're at a point with Canelo is is what more can you do for us? He's taking down everybody. And I know that Cowboy James could call in and and, and and get on his Charlo kick. Oh my goodness. Um and, and try to get that matchup again, but Canelo has the opportunity to pick and pick where he wants to go and and, and now it's just, you know, how many titles can you collect and we've seen that go on go on in the ufc where you know adesanya who's going to be fighting tomorrow night at at ufc 271 Mm -hmm. he he stepped up in weight class last year because he wanted to see if he could kick kick it in another another division because he was undefeated where he was at and you get bored as a fighter for just staying at you know when, when, when you're not challenged anywhere and you have the name. You're trying to capitalize on, on, on the window of opportunity that you have to make the money.
1: And Frank Valdez is checking with us on Facebook Live. He's letting us know they only fight if they both win the fight before. Okay. All right. I, I mean, to me, I don't really know if I am really want to see a part three of Triple G Canelo. Because I've, I've always been critical of Triple G because it was like a cult following for me with that guy, with his fan base. Oh, oh he knocked this guy. Knocked this guy. If, and I knew it when he go to Canelo. If he don't knock his ass out, can Triple G really box can he score on a scorecard? Oh, there was a lot of triple G love, especially in this city, especially in the 210 area code, uh, you know, for the last over four or five, four or five years ago. And Canelo basically went ahead and beat his ass twice. You know, I I'm not I'm not that I'm not that hyped to see part three. But what that also tells me before we move on, that also tells me, again, like what I said a few minutes ago. There's really no who is it for him to fight? I mean, who is it really from and not only that, what the Canelo haters of the world got to see that basically critique every fight that he takes. At the end of the day, there's still a business. It's a business side of it. And the, and the bottom line, Canelo has earned the right to be in the catbird seat, to call the shots on who he wants to fight and who he doesn't. And, it's got, and, they, and, and, and it has nothing to do. I've never subscribed to, all oh, he's ducking and dodging. He don't know, man. It's like, what do you bring to the table? Because you're going to get the biggest payday dealing with me. And he's the biggest draw right now. You know, so to me, we'll see. That just shows me that because the Triple G is going to get people to buy into that. That's another one. And, you know, in boxing, they fall in love with trilogies. That's just what it is. But that just lets me know, really, who else is it for fight if we're going to sit here, if both of these opponents, they both beat their opponents, and we're looking at a uh, Triple G Part 3 in Canelo. I don't know if I'm really all into that. It's all about but, the bag. No, of just course go get it the is. bag. Now, speaking of that, the thing that confused me on this, though, this is supposed to be on that Dan's Network. Design, design, or whatever the hell they call. It. I thought it was a lawsuit. I thought he broke contract, or or De La Hoya was suing his ass on that on that fight. I thought he was done for that, but I guess these fights, these this is part of that deal because I'm hearing that's where it's going to be on.
0: I mean, it's just agreeing on coming back for to it for two. Because I be, if I'm not mistaken, Alvarez's contract with design with the exclusive contract with uh-huh. design was up. But okay, um, it looks like Sam. What might you got, have. Sam?
2: It's Da Zone.
0: The Zone.
1: Design is out of your plastic? But that well, damn, Jonas screwed I like that all up because of y'all's
2: jo- better. The DAZ, yeah. DAZN, DAZN, I was like, what the hell is that? Design. Design, it's like the French uh, wing of Da Zone. Oh, okay.
1: There you go. There you go. There you go. Jonas, That was on Jonas. I'm gonna take that one. Speaking of Jonas, <laughs> hey it. man, I'll what is it. the day? Uh February 10th. We've gone for When's the last black history fact you didn't gave us? I told you this is the shortest day of the month, and you sandbagging on me. And hey, by the bro, time around, I read it, I was like, we haven't.
0: I don't control the docket. I don't
1: don't control when we
0: move from topic to topic. I might Uh, move you along at some point, but that one's all up to you. So Uh, I can't can't hit
1: pitches that you're not throwing. uh, Okay, but you're prepared, though, to give us one. You've done some work. I am, and we're coming
0: up. we got three minutes left in this hour, so Uh, we'll have to hit it
1: on the back end. Okay, we will. We'll get into that. Um, Sam has joined that. Sam has joined these. He's going to enjoy these last couple months of Black History Month. But anyway, so no, that's, that's my take on that. So we'll see. I mean, that fight, I don't think even the first one's not until May. I think that's when it's supposed to May happen. May 7th, yeah. May 7th, okay. So we've got time to talk about that. Uh, switching gears, let's go back to uh, the na- – oh, speaking of that, before we get into NFL, because I told you no one really cares, and I've told you this, no one really cares about the Winter Olympics. The numbers show that. The viewership show mm. that. I think a lot of that has to do with the controversy of where they're having this is that like it's it's a lot of political. No one really wanted to be over there. They didn't think they deserved those games. That's I mean that's probably true. I mean, but that has a lot to do with it. But the reason why I'm bringing it up, I mean, because hell, even your guy that you are, they told you you were writing for the Olympics. They told you there'll be none of that. You've already done like, or they said no one really cares, so we're not having you write anymore. Yeah, I I'm was, about I was handling some coverage. Yeah. You know where you, where you can
0: watch the different events and stuff like that, and it's just. It, it, and I was reading an article the other day from Dan Wetzel over at uh, Yahoo. Um, mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, all the all the contributing factors into into the, this Olympics. And it's also we just got done with the summer games and then you kick around and and, and now it's national competition, international competition again for and, and you don't have the basketball to carry the events and you don't have the track and field to carry it. And even the, I, I would say that we weren't really
1: watching the summer olympics either well it's been weird with covid but first of all the winter olympics ain't never come close to handle a candle to the summer olympics i don't care whether they hosted in 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 china wherever the hell it might be but it's never been but i think the reason why i'm bringing this up though the one thing i have noticed is i'm going to talk about the ioc and i got to talk about mother russia why do they even allow Russia to continue to compete in the Olympics? Olympics when they just as dirty as hell. Didn't they? Didn't they have to cancel? Yeah, Sam said about money. Yeah, but but it, true. But at the end of the day, like didn't they have? Didn't they have to cancel a, a award ceremony because the, the girls tested uh, pop dirty? They've got some. They, they got people pop dirty last time in the Olympics. They just dirty man. Not only are they hanging around Ukraine and doing all that stuff and just trolling Uncle Joey, they feel like they can just show they can just basically go ahead and just send dirty athletes constantly to the Olympics and they keep coming back.
0: They still I- have the third most medals at this games. It's shady. I mean, it's man. hard to argue with uh, the with the results. What you, what you
2: got, Sam? Yeah, that that last time when they got caught doping, it wasn't just like that was complete state sponsored doping. I mean, that was forced by the government on the athletes. You see what I'm saying? And that also did y'all do you remember uh, the year the year after all that came out, there was a documentary came out called Icarus it won uh hmm. it won an oscar it was a documentary covering all of the okay. corruption within the russian uh, olympic committee and yeah yeah i mean it's again the ioc banned them and then after massive pushback from mother russia allowed them co- to compromise and compete as the uh, you know, uh, well, it was
0: originally the OAR, and now right. it's the ROC. For the last, um, the IAHF's last year, the international hockey was was the ROC, and then right. they've
2: introduced that through all the Russian Olympic Committee. Yeah, so I think that's what they're. Yeah.
1: It's sad. I mean, it's, it's it's like you know, it's just. I, I agree with Sam. It's probably money, but after all that, and then it's proven that you're forced by your government to take these perform enhancing drugs. Like they want to win that bad. I mean, but we keep inviting them. And I get it, but it comes to a point that it just shows how dirty the IOC is too, how corrupt that is. I'm like, damn, man, like there's just it's not nothing good going on with Russia, pretty much right now, you know. But you know, everybody loves a good matchup against Russia. I mean, with the Cold War it was only 30 years ago, you still get up for it. Yeah, well, like I said, they 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 trolling Uncle Joey. You know, and over the bouquet, and Uncle Joy sitting there talking about crack pipes and everything like that. I mean, it's like, Jesus, man. I'm like, this is where we're at, man. You know? 1 800 707 9760. Listen to the sports crowd. We'll be back.